Hi, I'm Paul Schaefer. I'm Will Lee. And you You're are watching, watching the Letterman, Letterman Podcast. <laughs> Welcome once again to the Letterman Podcast. My name is Mike Chisholm. Uh, today, this is this is the fun part of this show, is when uh, they're all fun parts, I suppose, but I hate disclaiming that. I'll make a statement and then realize I have to disclaim it because I don't want to exclude uh the other things or people like when i say i have a favorite guest on then it makes me feel like well what about all the other guests aren't they all your favorite mike and they kind of are i'm like a teacher who claims that they have no pets um the uh i i will love i love the life cycle of some of the relationships that have developed in this show and it's not like it's every single guest but quite a few of the guests uh they will have heard of me uh, or, or, or we will, um, you know, I'll reach out to them and then we'll kind of start, they'll come on the show. And then after they come on the show, um, that's when the, the fun really begins because rapport is established and, and, and we're, um, you know, moving towards a deeper understanding and all of that stuff. And, and this guy who's going to be on today is certainly an example of that. So this is the, that's me disclaiming how much I enjoy the fact that I've already built the rapport with Vinny, Vinny Favalli. Uh, we, you know, go back. If you haven't watched Vinny's first episode here, go back to when we had the brick wall and it was just, you know, uh, still, you know, things are still kind of chaotic here, but it was really chaotic at the beginning. Um, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Some would say that Mike, you still don't know what the heck you're doing and would probably have some valid points, uh, to that contention. However, um, things are better now than they were back then. And hopefully they continue to get better. Vinny Favalli has come back on now. He was the liaison between CBS and late show for the vast majority of Dave's run on late show. It was uh, Vinny who was in the control room representing uh, CBS. He had literally a telephone where he would have to periodically call the boss of the day. Uh, Les Moonves being the, the one who was the vast, vast majority of that time, the, the CBS boss. And, um, and Vinny would be the guy who would make, calls here and there. I get a chance to talk to him about a couple of those moments. I've got a list of moments that uh, I thought maybe the network might've had to be involved today. I asked him, I think about two of them. The majority of it was talking about our boy, Rick Sheckman, Rick and Vinny, very, very close. And um, we saw each other at Rick's Memorial, but we haven't really had a chance to, to, to break things down and to talk about it since then. We, we knew that we were going to kind of break it down together on the air. Uh, Vinny's going to come back on the show many, many times. There was a time where he and my boy, Scott Ryan, who wrote Last Days of Letterman, uh, were considering maybe doing a podcast and talking about some of these things all the time. Vinny, I think, should have a podcast. He's incredible. Uh, real personality. And, and, and opinions that are, as I say in the show, nothing short of expert uh, when it comes to the landscape of, of entertainment you know, his, his background, um, you know, with Howard Stern and Dave, like really interesting. Here's a guy who has, um, ties to two of the most renowned broadcasters in history, David Letterman and Howard Stern. Again, if you want to know about the Stern stuff, go back, watch Vidi's first appearance on this show. Uh, he and I just basically shoot the bull for almost an hour. He had a hard out today. So we, you know, it was great. Uh, to talk about things. I know there's a bit of an audio issue on his side of things. Um, his microphone would kind of come in and out and I listened back um, and it's like, okay, well, there might be a little bit of difficulty uh, hearing a few of the things there. Uh, there was one moment actually where his mic cut out completely and I didn't understand that he was asking 
uh, a question about this show. I thought he was making a statement and then, you know, so, so there was a little bit of confusion on my end too, but that's okay. I'm going to throw it out there anyway, because there's some real fun moments in it, but yes, we know that there was a bit of an audio issue on, on, on his end for his microphone. The next time he's on and he and I do like a long, longer episode, uh, we'll make sure that that's not the case. That being said, it's worth putting out anyway. Uh, I think for a lot of uh, Letterman enthusiasts will really, really enjoy uh, hearing from Vinny. Uh, he did a really nice job talking about some of the things our boy Rick Sheckman did behind the scenes and, and how integral Rick was uh, to the production without being front and center. And, uh, you know, he, he listed a couple of things. I could list a couple more. Um, you know, I, I was talking to somebody uh, a couple weeks ago and they were talking about how many times they would just go and bounce a concept or bounce like a piece of video that would, that had been, um, you know, produced almost the entire way off Rick and say, is this okay? And Rick would be like, meh, could be better, shorter. That's good. Like he, he, he was this, this, um, you know, this title was film coordinator, but he was way more than that. It was nice uh, telling some little anecdotes about Rick. And, and, and again, um, just being able to talk to some of these folks, I really, really like Vinny a lot. He's a great guy. Uh, very excited about presenting this episode of the Letterman Podcast. Um, we're going to talk one more time. Uh, the the one and only sponsor of the Letterman Podcast is Rupert G's Hello Deli. Uh, go to hello-deli.com. Get yourself a late show mug. Get yourself a late show cap. Late show with David Letterman t-shirts. That kind of stuff. Also, Rupert t-shirts. The deli is being sold. More on that soon. And um, we just appreciate everything that Rupert does. So hello-deli.com. Uh, the one and only sponsor of the Letterman podcast with Mike Chisholm. Please enjoy uh, the episode of the return of Vinny Favali. Okay. Uh, I've got a little bit of time with you for this one. I'm taking it. I, I, I'm so okay. grateful to have you back here, buddy. I'm so happy to have you Vinny. Yeah, no, um, we're, we're doing better. We've, we've grown since the last time you've been yeah, here. Yeah, so. I, I asked about the background. I'm so used to virtual. Like I can tell you how many people I've spoken to who appear to be in San Francisco, you know, but they're not. <laughs> yeah, no, this is the real deal. Um, I, I'm old school when it comes to this. I get energy knowing that I got one of your bridges back here. Um, right. That, that, where and, did that come from? Remind, remind me how that, we're talking about, but oh, people could see this actually, right? So where did that bridge come from? Is that really fair? Yeah. So um, you remember... Were you there for Dumpster Day when everybody was just devastated seeing everything just thrown away so quickly and all of that? Were you there for that? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't physically there. I remember, you know, there was all these conversations about where the stuff goes. I just assumed that the show was taking everything that they wanted to. So yeah. that was that was my assumption. I was there. They those guys were so on top of everything, and I'm sure that they did. By the way, they took everything of, of value to them. Yeah. Paul took part of the uh, his area. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I was surprised that there was stuff left over, to be honest with you. I, uh, oh, I, seeing that video, cause I had, I had gone a month before, right? Like, like that night was a month before, exactly one month before. And so I was so familiar with the area cause I was just there. And when I saw the, the, uh, the, the dumpsters, and all of these familiar things being thrown away, like a month later, if I would have known that, I would have had a U-Haul just exactly on the other side of the dumpster. And as they were throwing stuff in, I would have been putting the stuff into the U-Haul. Really? A everything. I think uh, Ben, uh, 
then Winston, the producer of the Corn Show, has got a nice piece in his office. I'm yeah, oh, saying. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. There are a few uh, folks who have bridges. Some of them are in storage containers and things like that. I know Dave uh, or 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 uh, Barbara, whoever made the decision, gave one of the big bridges uh, to another show. Um, so we've been, tra- me and, and a few other people have been tracking down some of these things, but this guy here, this was behind Dave's shoulder during the monologue. So, in, you know, in my basement studio, it's, it's, it's nice because, you know, uh, until the studio expands again, it fits perfectly. That's um, great. One of the, one of the, uh, the union guys who continues to work to Col- for, for Colbert to this day. So I'm going to keep him nameless, but yeah. he saved this thing. And when he found out about what we were doing here, he's like, Hey, you know, and he sends me this video and I'm just like. Yeah, Love yeah, it. we would like that. That would be fantastic. That, that's, that's it's it's fantastic. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't get to spend any time with you when you were there with your wife, right at the Rick's memorial. Not no, I, I actually went solo to to Rick's funeral, but I was hanging out with Steve Weiner and his wife and and, and, uh, and Alex. Was, yeah, right? yeah. I don't want yeah. your wife to think you were there with another woman. Sorry, <laughs> you were with the. It was Lori. So if there's anybody, uh, I, I think Candy'd be okay with that. I think my wife would be okay, okay with Lori, but. Um, <laughs> I, this is, um, from that day. And, you know, um, it was so great because, uh, you know, one of Rick's uh, nieces came up to me and she said, I just, would you like this? And I said, yes, I would absolutely like this. This show wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Rick. And, and I said, can you just do me a favor? Um, can you not tell anybody that you gave it to me? And, and she said, sure. Because I wanted like Kathy and the crew to see me across the street at the bar, walking around with it, thinking that I stole it. I wanted them to think. That oh, I stole you're so funny! You're so funny. I love it. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to see you too. It was so nice, like across. Oh, Vinny, it's so great to see yeah, you. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was such an emotional day. Yeah. Uh, I left right after because it was just like I was overwhelmed by everything. You know, I was so overwhelmed with his passing that I couldn't even make. I, they kept on asking me. Kathy was great. She did an amazing job yes. putting that whole thing together. Produced with love. Me, yeah, with love and and a lot of talent because that's yep. what they do. They're so good at it. Yep. And um, she had asked me to record something, and I, of course, absolutely. And then, like, I just couldn't. I didn't. I get. I I kept on putting it off and putting it off. And, and there were a couple of times where I was ready to do it, and I needed the information to, to do it right. To, to really, you know, and I'll tell you what it was, but um, and Rick was the guy to go to for that. I'm like, I, one time I actually was about to email him, like, hey, Rick, remember when we did that? Because I wanted to talk about a specific thing, and I'm like, oh, wait a second, you know, oh. that's not, yeah, yeah. So I, I just, I, and Kathy was great. She did the right amount of asking, and then she knew that I just couldn't pull it off. And she, yeah. was, she was really good about that. But I thought like, oh my God, everything, the things that people said, I thought I knew him so well. And I did, and I do, but there were things that I didn't know. He had different sides of his life. Well, that was what Morty said. Morty uh, said, you know, it was so crazy because there's this impression of Rick from the folks who worked at the show and they knew him as the show family, uh, you know, together, that Rick basically worked his butt off at the show or worked at Rick's pace at the show and then, and then um, went home and then came back and that was his life. And then he said, but in death, he then realized how many different dimensions of Rick's life there was. And that day at Checkfest, uh, seeing all of these people come together, like I loved meeting Rick's business partner. 
Um, right. and, and I love meeting our partners, his former partner who was, it was, it used to be a three-way thing. And then it became a two-way, like, I loved hearing those stories. I love hearing, um, from people that he just went up the road with to all these film festivals and all of these, you know, collectors fairs and things like that. Right. Um, you know, I met a couple of his comic book friends. I met a couple, like, it was so cool seeing all these people come together because of this guy and, and, and how much he did give, like, again, I, I would not be doing this if it wasn't for Rick. Well, yeah, I, rem I remember him like, uh, and and Rick was not one to advocate for other people, often, yeah. especially ones that he just met like you. And he's yeah. like, yeah, you got to do this. like, like if Rick said was okay, that was good enough for me. I would trust him implicitly with with that. Um, and you know, it's, it was interesting to find out that you know, so Rick, like myself, when it came to the Letterman Show, we were in service of the show. It was all yes. about you know making whatever. Dave and the writers and producers need to make it as easy as possible for them to do these impossible things, you know, yep. uh, these challenges. But like there was a side of Rick's life where people were in service to him, where he was the David Letterman. He was the guy. He was, yes. the, you know, the, the, the important person on those film festival circuits and all the things that were going on. And it was like amazing to see a guy that could put his ego aside for, for the Letterman part of his life. You know, yeah. he was completely egoless anyway. But but then, you know, and I'm sure he, I know he downplayed all of the stuff he did outside of me. He downplayed it with me. He shrunk, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, sure, well, I'm putting together a film festival when I'm saying Peter Martin's going to be there. You know, that typical, you know, real way of, of talking and uh, matter of fact, you know, his matter of fact manner. But yeah, you know, just a, an amazing guy. And it was a very moving uh, tribute. I could not agree more. And it was one, um, like I loved when Alex Bennett came up and it was cool because, you know, Dave's video played and then Alex Bennett, like radio legend, Alex Bennett comes up and is up right after that. And Alex knew Rick so well. And, and um, you know, the best thing that you could ever do for a film, like you think about the first time you saw Star Wars or the first time maybe right. you saw like Jurassic Park, like one of these movies that just kind of bowl you over with, with emotion. And at the end of the movie, Everybody just can't do anything, but they stand up and they applaud. And right. and and I love that Alex led the audience in doing that. That was so right. cool, giving Rick a standing ovation while that, you know, we were in a movie theater. Like, it was just a perfect, it was a perfect day um, right. it, to it, say it, goodbye it, it, to him. It really was. Uh, you know what's you know, great now that you've afforded me this opportunity, yes, sir. I could maybe do a rough version, an unpolished version of what I would have done for this tribute on the, on the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's, there's two things. Uh, one was to really make the point on how important he was to the show creatively. Okay? Um, there are people who worked on that show, mainly segment producers, especially segment producers. I mean, yep. everybody has their fingertips on the air one way or another by doing stuff. The segment producers who, who in the early days, I don't know if that they were writers uh, in the WGA, but they were, in some ways, as important as the writers themselves. Because when yes. you think about the, the written part of the show, yep. uh, what was was the, the you know the monologue, obviously the desk piece, the top yep. ten, all the stuff that was going on, and then you had the segment producers who were who were um, you know producing the segments. In a, with a creative angle, making sure yes. that the interview was funny, getting the boilerplate stuff out of the way. You got a movie over the up this Friday, but these are the facts, Dave. These are the great stories that we should explore, you know, yes. and, and just going through it. And um, both the sides of the creative and the, you know, the, the writers and the segment producers would, would often reach out 
to to Rick for for assistance, you know. And one of the things, one of the big things that was a, a staple of Rick, and people wouldn't even know it, but we're gonna we're gonna tell them now, right? This is how they're gonna yes, find out. What was when like yeah, the biggest stars you can imagine, Harrison, and it was really great when it wasn't the big stars like Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts, but the ones like Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren, who might not have been so up on the ins and outs. Like, of course, they knew David, loved David, knew he was a reverend, but yes. they didn't really always know how the show worked, right? So yes. David, David would be like, uh, so Harrison, you know, um, you have the movie coming out, and, uh, you know, uh, after this one, you know, let, let, let's show a clip. And sometimes the guests would be surprised because they didn't know what the clip was, and they were there was going to be a clip, right? And, and David would say, roll it, roll it, Hal, even though it was Jerry Foley directing. Uh, oh, yeah. That's iconic, yeah, roll, roll it, it Hal. Yep. Roll it, Hal. And it would be a piece of Shecky footage already lined up that was somehow related to the subject matter. So if it was Air Force One, it might have been some black and white public domain footage of the Wright Brothers dancing on the yes. wings of a plane, you know, or Laurel and Hardy, whatever it was. And, and you know, uh, Harrison Ford would be dead man, like, gee, oh, you got me there. But the audience would always, always love it, right? And then it was like, okay, we showed the real clip. Oh, we don't have to And then we'd move on, or sometimes they would show the real clip. And it was just like, that was all shacking. That was a yes. phone call, probably, at a couple of hours before showtime, it's like, uh, check, we need uh, uh, anything that's comical related to aviation. Boom. Done. You know, uh, whatever the subject matter was, that would be that would be coming in. Um, so that was like one thing I, I had wanted to say of his value to the show. And and not him only knowing that there were aviation, the fact that there was a system in place you could take aviation clips and suddenly it would, you know, show all of the public domain footage that he owned or had yes. rights to. Um, the fact that Chef would also probably, it probably would, would yield a hundred results and he was smart enough and funny enough uh, to know the show to say, okay, these are the four you're going to choose from. You know, you're not going to give him a hundred, let me give you the ones, right? So that was one thing and that was a constant in the show. That was going back to, to the early days. Yep. Another thing that he did, that is probably my favorite contribution of Rick's. You know, he was, as you saw in the videos, he was Elvis. He played all these different roles on camera. The Xerox machine, iconic, right? You know, yep. uh, uh, all of that. Or faxing, right? Did he, he Xerox? Did he fax some stuff? Yeah, exactly. Uh, naked. Was it, yeah, I forget what that was, but that was like, that was great. Yeah, it was the shower, but, um, the shower, uh, the shower copier, the, I think it was. Yeah. The shower copier, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah by, by the way, a lot of the stuff we're talking about can be seen on. Dave's um, amazing YouTube channel, uh, absolutely, which is now all the late show stuff, and they did a beautiful tribute to, to Rick that's up there as well. So and Sheckfest is up there. Like I was so happy oh, oh, that they great. gave it to I Walter, didn't... and Walter could throw Sheckfest. Like anybody who wants to see the entirety of of Sheckfest, uh, I highly recommend it. It's about ninety minutes long. You know, I, and... I haven't seen it yet. That's great to know that it's up there. Yeah, absolutely, and it's fantastic. It's perfectly produced. Um, you don't get quite the feeling of being in the audience but it's 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 close enough that 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 the, the goosebumps translate it's, it's right it's amazing okay so so my stuff is basically the dvd extras okay yeah, so yeah, yeah. You that. great Bonus that's this footage, entire right? show yeah yeah <laughs> uh the other thing that he did which i think is the funniest contribution the most amazing one because it had legs you know what you know when dave goes to the well 
Sometimes they're one-offs. But when Dave goes to the well, the same thing many, many times, long after the expiration date, in some people's opinion, <laughs> um, yep. are we still making this joke? But yep. it's like, no, if, if Dave thinks it's funny, there is no expiration date, right? Exactly. Um, so typical network sweeps uh, event that happened with CBS was the morning show, where someone, I guess, decided that uh, we're going to show um, Harry Smith's colonoscopy on TV. We're going to promote the hell out of it for colonoscopy awareness week, whatever, right? So that's a given that happens. And and Dave obviously found that amusing, as, as he should. And I mean, he was on the show promoting it. So it was a thing. And I think the first time the clip was shown was when Harry was a guest promoting yes. it, I think. You know, again, that's the kind of stuff that Rick would know the answer to. And I yeah, well, liked... I'll ask Don about it, but I think you're right, though. Like, that's my this memory of it, too. I, I didn't want to do it without the right information. I would have yeah. said, hey, Rick, remind me, give, me, give me all the beats of this. How is Smith an actress who's going to do it on CBS? Dave, I think we both had it, and then when did the stuff start happening? The yeah. comedy, which I don't know the, 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 the timeline of that, but uh, the, the, the big stuff, the important stuff, I know. And so... Uh, one of the writers, and this is another thing, I want to know who is the writer that reached out to Rick, you know, to just kind of paint the picture, which maybe you could find out. I'll but, ask Matt um, Roberts about that. He'll know the answer to that. That's a great yeah, call. Yeah. Yes. In fact, in fact, I told Matt this story at the eulogy, and he loved it. You know, he had forgotten you know, all this Absolutely. stuff. Yep. So, so Matt could probably weigh in, especially if he produced that segment. But uh, someone obviously went to Rick and said, listen, I need archival footage that will will work with <laughs> Harry Smith's colonoscopy. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, you do the math. If someone came to you on that, you'd be like, I'd start crying. It's like, I don't know what to do. What are you yeah. talking about? I, Rick, not a problem. And I, by the way, I want to see the, the other footage. Again, Rick could have answered this question. So how many things did you give them? Yeah, you know? that's a great question. Yes. Well, I yes. know we might have just given them the one. Yeah. But uh, so, so Dave, says, you know, and we have, we have to have footage of Harry Smith's colonoscopy. And it cuts to some black and white footage of a, a man and a woman, and the man was wearing a, a hat. Black and white, 1940s, right? Uh, he, he goes to the woman, after you, and they both walk in through you know, a tunnel, right? A tunnel. And it's like one of those classic, you know, B-movie uh, tunnels, underground tunnels, where you see the rock, the way I remember it, at least, you know, the rocks, jagged edges, and they're going through, and they're they're making their way with through. The with the with torch, with the torch, for... yeah. exactly. You remember, you remember. And, oh and yeah. I wish someone put together all of Dave's comments, like, "Oh, good thing we brought the torch with him." You know, like, like Dave, like. So that so, was so goddamn funny that that clip. That, it, that was the perfect illustration of the brilliance of the Letterman show that yes. could create a show where ideas like this could be could live. And live comfortably and be funny and be familiar to the hardcore fans. So, so that was beautiful, and that became a running joke forever. You know, that, well, that the thing I loved about that running joke. So, Matt Roberts was recently on, and he talked about like Weekend Late Show was supposed to be a one-off, but oh, they the weekend, loved that it. Was so good, that was, was dead. The audience would like you could hear crickets. It was like there's nothing going on. Yes, yes, supposed to be a one-off. Dave lo loves it. So Bruce and Linda ended up becoming a fixture and they they kept going and going and going with the Harry Smith thing, uh, the, the you know, them walking through the, the, the cave and all of that. You know, Dave would then 
weeks, months, years later, ask for a piece of, oh, okay, so can we see a piece of that? And then yeah. then that 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 would show, but then he'd say, oh, no, 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 that was Harry Smith's colonoscopy. That's what he would say. He wouldn't say, he probably, like, he would he still probably, go he back to the original joke. I know, Jeez. I know. It's just so, like, yeah, they would do callbacks that people, yes. a lot of people had no idea because, you know, the thing is, is the show, it was, it's, it, you know, when you did it to a sitcom like Seinfeld, you know, you could do a callback to the previous week. It was like, yeah, it's a half hour script they talked about, you know, like people, oh, I know what they're talking about. Yeah, that happened last week. You know, with Letterman, you know, he just did his show, God bless him, uh, under, the this idea that well listen if you get the joke you get the joke if you, yep. if you miss you know one of our two hundred episodes we did this year that's your problem you know that's right we missed that first uh, origins of the Harry Smith colon you know I but, think uh, that's why you know um, we've had a couple of, like writers people who have analyzed the entire landscape we've had Zinnemann on we've had Bill Carter on and and, and they've talked right. about the idea of 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 um, there being like a club here when it comes to Letterman versus any other franchise in history the right. club aspect of letterman where you're you know or you don't know like you're in or you're not in like like that is one of the ingredients i think to that if you want to call it like the the cult status or or whatever and, and or and just like, that you know what yeah be actually beyond cult the thing that just made it such a a, a classic groundbreaking show these yes, shows th there's there's no thread through the Tonight Show. It's it's. I still watch Johnny Carson. I still yep. am watching the the rabbit hole of the Rodney Dangerfield Don Rickles clips and all the great moments in the standups and you know the, you know the Doc Severson Thanksgiving yep. story. You know, yep. uh, but those those were those were they stood alone. They were their own thing. Yep. There weren't really any callbacks. Um, yep. may, maybe within the show there might have been a callback with Dave like. They were real characters, you know. These people, Rupert was a character, yes. a go-to. Maybe Steve Allen did some of this. I don't know. I haven't really done a, a, a long, you know, yeah. watching Steve. But again, Dave did this for many, many years. You know, that's the other thing. You know, so it, it's amazing what he did. It's it's its own thing. There'll never be anything like it. Thank God, there's the YouTube channel to to resurrect a lot of this uh, old stuff. And it's funny, it's working too, because this new generation of, uh, and it's funny because watching Dave in the later years, you could see where, you know, there was pressure. Like when the, the laptop showed up on his desk and they're like, okay, you should start tweeting or putting out oh. these little viral moments and stuff. And I mean, I could just see him laughing at them going, what the heck? Like, no, but yeah, yeah. the ironic part is that show had so much gold for the current audience of that uh, that logic or that persuasion where it's like, no, 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 we need these three to five minute clips. Well, Walter and, and his team, I mean, my gosh, they're, they're literally, they have a gold mine that is virtually limitless. If you want yeah. three to five minute clips, um, no problem. We'll give them to you and we'll give them to you forever because the show actually did have many of those types of moments. And right now, like I look at my kids, the part of the reason I do this show is because I don't like the fact that People are forgetting who Dave was and the groundbreaking thing. Like we're archiving this stuff anecdotally, right? right? My kids are actually now like onto the Letterman YouTube channel. They're like, oh, this moment was really funny or that moment was really funny. It's like, yeah, yeah. It, not, yes. <laughs> Thank you for joining the conversation. Yeah, and it actually yeah, does translate really well and is going to outlive. And when we talk legacy, 
the the worldwide pants legacy of what they've done in entertainment in broadcasting is going to move on and that youtube channel is is proof positive if you look at the views well, it's crazy well, well they're doing stuff that we, dave would never have done on the air yes um uh which is i don't really want to use the word exploit but be super topical in a very smart business way like we might suggest the network might suggest Dave to do a certain thing because this was going on, whatever was going on in the world, and kind of get in on that and like not gonna happen, you know? But even he was also very, very uh closed off about licensing clips um, yes. to, of celebrities. Because because he didn't know how they were going to be used. Like when and this was so great. Like when Farrah Fawcett did that appearance on the yep. show where she was really out of it and it was really, really sad. I think Dave obviously I think felt the same way. Afterwards, he refused to to put any of that stuff out. We probably you won't even see it on on yep. the channel. Uh, like yes, if, if he did, it's okay. But like he would never take advantage of uh, of, a, of 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 like maybe making someone who were like because think about like this archive that they have. But now, um. When a celebrity dies, like yep. within 24 hours, and it's not exploiting it, so that's not really the right word. It's it's just really you'll see Peter Turner dies, and within 24 hours, and this is really Walter's doing, which is amazing. But again, under the blessing of Dave, you you, you get uh, the interview, Peter Turner interview, you, you know, like like within 24 hours, which is wonderful because you get to see her in a light. An extended light, not a yes. this montage of clips. They did it with Little Richard. They did it. Well, they they do it. It's a thing now. Yeah. So I love, love, love that he's doing it, and he's doing it in a way where he can control it in a good, yes. in a smart way. He knows it's not part of a documentary where they're all beating up on Farrah Fawcett or making fun of it, or you know, it, 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 it's all within. Like, no, this nothing is out of context, ladies and gentlemen. Tina Turner interview. And that's it. And it's done. So you get to see them. It's better than an obituary in some ways. You get oh, to see I could, them. I could not agree more. It's 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 a tribute of them in one of their most like Sinead O'Connor just passed. Guess what? She made her network television debut on late right. night. And here it is. And so you're seeing her at the time in her career where she was starting to explode and, and, and it was happening. And, and right. it also shows the credibility of the show because how many of these folks made their network television debut on from a comedian to musicians to, you know, right. actors. It was their first kind of step into the limelight. And, and, and if they show one of the first ones or they show one of the ones mid career, what a great fitting, amazing tribute to them, you know, as they have passed on to the next, whatever the next thing is. Um, Absolutely. I, I, I could not agree with you more. It, it, it's such a, the, 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 um, the different phases of it's just like interviewing some of these writers, some of these writers who were there at the very beginning. Okay. Or, or the writers who came over from the Saturday night live Exodus. Okay. Um, or then you get the people, the first generation, the Dave Rogalski's of the world who came in, who loved the show. And then they got their first writing gig at the show. And then you get like the Joe Grossman's of the world who are more gen Xers who worshiped the show growing up and then got a chance to work at it. It's the right. different phases of people and the phases of the Letterman, um, uh, you know, legacy are still revealing themselves. And right now, one of those phases is these tributes and these obituaries. It is fascinating yeah. to see this. This is beautiful. Yeah. So, so it's really, really great. And, uh, you know, Rick was so getting back to Rick was so yes. invaluable 
I think even to, to, to just, I'm sure helping Walter with the launch of the channel, even just by, by his legacy, just, you know, with all the information, like Rick was the guy you went to. Rick was our Wikipedia. Wikipedia, let's call it Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yes. Yes. You know, oh. he, he was, he, he was our internet. He was my go-to guy for every, even long after Google was established as a thing. I go, you know, tell me, tell me what you know about such and such, you know, yep. 1940s being the actor. And boom, he would give me like a great like take on it. And then suggest you might want to look at this movie. You might want, you know, he, Rick was AI. Rick was entertainment AI. You know, you could just instantly, his date, instant callback his, his, too. The data sets within Rick uh, were amazing. You know, all of this information that he had and a lot of it also about the show. You know, yep. he was resource for the show. So, yeah, he's going to be missed. Uh, could not agree more. Um, okay, I've got you for about 25 more minutes here. You're going to come back, so I'm going to tell the audience Absolutely. right now. Uh, we're going to have Vinny back as many times as he's willing to be on the show. I adore oh, this guy. However, however often you want. Oh, fantastic. I appreciate that. Uh, there's a couple. There are a couple moments that I do want to, to ask you about. Uh, okay. In particular, the last time you were on, you talked about the John McCain moment, which I loved so much. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. It was so good. And and uh, and when Randy uh, did her, I'm still I'm still nudging Randy. I want to get Randy on here so bad, just even to talk about the final um, montage and 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 whatnot. Just even well, to talk about how come Randy won't do it? She's too shy, or uh, there are some people. I'll, I'll let me let me go let me go zoom out and I'll get a little broader here because I don't want to. Um, there are well, some I just people to, who I want to come to say, on here if, very badly. Like, right. Go ahead. I wanted to say if, if if there's anyone that is like on the fence because of their own reasons, whatever, uh, I'm happy to do it with Randy or anyone else. You could use me as uh, your uh, your Edvik man, if you will, just to make uh, it easier because we could, I, I, you know, I, I I can help, you know, maybe I remember things that. or she might remind me of stuff. So. Yeah, Thank we'll, you whatever you want. I, I, if, if, if they want I, me with them. I, uh, I I saw her really quick at Chet Fest in the flesh for the She's first great. time. That, was, that was really, really is, nice. But is, is but so there are great. some people who are just very um, unsure. And and it's right. one of those things where I don't know if we'd have enough to talk about when the reality is, is the moment someone gets on the other side of the camera from me, I can keep them talking for hours because yeah. I just pull stuff out, right? But right. Um, but Randy did a, a really good job on the... Um, uh, on the on the official Letterman channel, talking about the McCain moment, I'm so happy that it went up there. So if you want to, uh, oh, go she back spoke about it. Vinny's... I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So go back to Vinny's first episode uh, on the Letterman podcast. Go to the Letterman or the actual Letterman YouTube channel and look at Randy Grossick's uh, favorite staff favorite moments, and the McCain thing was in there, and it's fantastic. Those are the moments that are I think universally, whether people were fans of late night and they thought late show got too big or, or there were fans of late show. They thought late night was too small. One of the things that always translated and it seems universally loved by everybody are the moments that are unscripted where the crew gets involved and you're like, Hey, what are we doing now? Is this okay? Is that okay? When Dave would talk to Hal, but not in a pre-scripted way, it was like real time or talk to Jerry or talk to Right. I got to ask you, and this is, you can find it on the Letterman channel because it's a phenomenal moment uh, with Nancy and Jerry. And I think you might've been involved too. The Eagles moment, the the, the time when on the show, um, they wanted to play an Eagles song. 
Right, right, right. I, I, yeah, I remember. I remember the licensing was it was a licensing issue, right? And like, you were talking about it real time during the show with the cameras on. And yeah. No, Paul, play a few bars, and Nancy's like, "No, don't do oh, it." And no, Jerry's no. like, "You should do it." And Shaft came in, yeah. and he said, "No, no, no, you can play three seconds of yeah, it." Yeah, I, I remember that. I remember I, on my end, I was probably doing more logistical work, trying to uh, see if I could intelligently give a ruling to say you know what we'll 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 back you up as a network i don't think i was able to do that but that was my, my recollection of that trying, okay. to, trying to figure it out i have one question about that specifically for you because obviously you're in the you're in the control room you know again right. go back and you'll find out if you watch Vinny's first uh appearance on here you'll find out what he uh what his role was in the show he's in the control room sitting with rick, rick and, and randy right and, Jerry rick. and all that yep. Yep. And, but he's the cbs guy so at some point the message comes forward that, um, hey guys, CBS actually has uh, a version of Life in the Fast Lane that isn't Life in the Fast Lane. It's a it's a it's a a mock up of the song right. called you know High Voltage or something like that. I forget the name. Yeah, of the song. yeah. But it's like we can play this song, and it sounds kind of like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a a, a a a thing in television called needle drops. You know, where you get something that sounds like Tom Petty or sounds yes. like. The Eagles or a song. Yeah, they use it in advertising all the time, you know? Yeah. When they, when they don't want to uh, license the song. That was my question. I, my question was, were you the guy that pointed them out to the CBS friendly uh, version of this song? You know what? I, I don't I don't recall. It could have been Kathy. It could have been just um I, I don't I don't remember. I'd be I'd be lying if I said I remembered. So I don't I don't know. It could all be, right. but I, I don't I don't recall. Okay, so for anybody who's listening to this, um, go back to the Letterman channel and look up the 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 time that they wanted to play the Eagles. Uh, it was a fantastic segment with everybody getting involved, and 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 Paul and the band was about to play it, and you had Nancy screaming, "No, don't play it!" And it just those moments, the one that like moments like that, um, the show wasn't live, but well, that, it felt that was live that, during those moments. I, I had a moment that I was directly. I, I may have said this on the other one. I, I apologize if I repeat. No, 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 please, please just cut it out. But I, re I do remember one thing that I was involved in, and I think this show was actually submitted for the Emmy because you know you know the way the Emmys work, right? Yeah. You know they don't they don't give them every year for that body of work. The show has to you know of the two hundred some odd shows they submit the one they think is Emmy worthy. You know, yes. uh, and I think this episode I'm about to talk about was submitted one. Uh, I remember um, we were showing, or we were, CBS was airing a remake of On Golden Pond. And, um, oh God, what was the word? There was, there was, I think the word was, was shit. I think that it, was, it, was, it was a big deal that CBS wasn't going to uh, loop it. Right. Because it was a prestigious, you know, prime time in a prop. It was a big deal. And that, the, the Monday after Dave decides, I want to go to the same I want to go to the same shit. You can't. You can't. After I was scripted, I fell right into his trap. I think he knew that he was never going to burst the green light, right? But they were pushing, were pushing to the point where it was great logging, right? And I was dealing with the sensors. And finally. It wasn't Shit's Creek, was it? It was on Golden Pond. It was on Golden Pond. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Sticky thing. Yeah. This was literally the word shit being used in CBS making, you know, Leslie 
green lighting. It's okay because again, it was it was a prestigious. I think James Bond was in the movie. It was a big deal. It was one yeah. of the movies of the week were a big deal. Um, probably the late late nineties. And then so so Dave says, um, you know, it's interesting. You know, we're trying. You know, CBS aired this the other night, and they played a clip of it, um, and and with with the curse, right? Yeah. Because you know, so they could say it, but I can't say. And they even play the clip, shit. But I can't say. You know, that went on. I mean, I don't know the beats of it, but but that's the gist of it. Uh, and that's that's a classic moment, I think. You know, that people probably then maybe I'm remembering it more because I was involved in it directly. But take me out of the equation. It's a great story, right? It's Absolutely. a great story. Remember that time when Dave, the network set, told Dave he, he can't say shit even though they had they, they said it in prime and they took up yep. the clip. Shit, bleep, shit, bleep. You know, so th- those are things like that are are like they're like moments that make certain Seinfeld episodes better than other ones, you know? But not that there's oh, that, anything wrong with that. Right. Like, that's the episode. Yeah. Where so, you play so with yeah. He, you could you could probably come up with over a hundred of those moments, extended moments. Let's just call them things that could have could be considered. Oh, that was the episode when Dave did that thing. You know, yep. remember the episode of Late Night when Andy Kaufman got into a fight. You know, remember the episode of Late Show when 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 these things happened. These just things happen. You know, they yes. they get lost to time. That's why this this um. Is this a podcast, a webcast? What the hell is this thing anyway? But this is why your show is important, what you're doing. Things like this. <laughs> yeah. What is this? How do you describe this show? Is it a This show here? A pod- yeah. This show here? Is this, that's, okay. So this is Who are uh, you? a celebration of the greatest body of broadcasting work no, in no, history. No, 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 that no, no, no. What, what is it, though? It's a pod- no, it, I was going to say, it's a podcast, but then I throw it on YouTube because of this part of it, because... People like to see the animated versions of it, and that seems to be what everybody's doing these days. They do. I, 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 I get it. It used to be called vodcast, vlogging, all that crap. Yeah, it, but yeah. Uh, it's kind of a combination think, of them all. Would you think more people listen to your podcast? Than right now, YouTube? more people, but with Spotify That's, though, which now, makes Sp- sense. Yeah, it makes sense. But there's video on Spotify now too, so it's blurry because people can see it on Spotify now, just like on YouTube. So Spotify's moving over into the other area as well. So. So while they live, while they're, if, if I use Spotify to listen to podcasts, I'm listening to yours, but I have video. You could watch it well. too if you wanted to. You could take the phone and you could watch it as well or or whatever. Yeah, I guess, you know what? I, I get why the audio would be more popular um, because, you know, you could do other things when you're listening. Like just before I, I'm working on a project right now, just, you know, a lot of media work on the house, and I was listening to Mark Maron's podcast. Yes. And, and, I'm sure, like, I can watch it while I was doing what I was doing, you know? So, well, sorry for the tangent. We went into the tangent. No, 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 no. I love, uh, I'm grateful for it. Because we're trying to figure it out still, too. We just know that we want to be this archive. uh, But at the same time, we're trying to figure out the best way to present it. Um, I know YouTube is essential as well, because, you know, some guests, they bring on visual aids and things like that. I think, I do think YouTube is the best way to watch the show or consume the show. But we want to make sure that it's available for anybody who has the persuasion of podcasts as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Don't lose sight of the audio because I, I really do think that's that's important. I appreciate that very, very, very much. Um, okay, so we got 15 minutes. There is another. There's another thing I got to ask you about. Um, there was a time 
on, uh, I, I want to say it was around the time that Fallon took over for late night. Not the, not, okay. So around that time. Now I loved Ferguson so much. Um, the, for me, the golden age of, 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 of late night is probably a uh, late night television. I should say is probably around the time Conan had lost the tonight show. So probably 2011, 2012 Conan gets his own show on TBS, which I thought was incredible. I was already watching the one-two punch of Dave and Craig Ferguson. I loved Ferguson so much. Right. But then there's a time when, again, this moment that you were talking about where Dave was tweeting, but then he would try and tweet out to Jimmy Fallon. And then at a certain point, um, he came on and Dave, all Dave said on, on the air was, well, we're not going to be tweeting to Jimmy Fallon anymore because it makes the network sad. <laughs> and that was how he referred to it. And, 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 uh, and I wondered if you had any insight. Well, well, you know, it's funny because the only thing that it almost sounds like something I would say, but not for the reasons that you you would think. Okay. Like I I I thought the whole tweeting thing was silly at the right. time because it was still relatively new. And 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 my thought was the show is a tweet. Like he's on like people tweet because they don't have a platform. You know, like they, and they don't give a shit what they have to say. Anyway, he's on TV every night for an yeah. hour. Why does he have to? It just felt, I can't use those words. I found it sad that that we were trying to do that, you know? And maybe they were doing it tongue in cheek, and maybe I missed the whole point. I know right. there seemed to be an effort to, well, people are doing it now, so Dave should do it. Wasn't coming from, from, from the network that he should do it. If anything, I was sad that. It just it made us look old that we were talking about it, that we were like making, uh, like when Dave did it, it was funny, WWW, you know, all that joking about yeah. But at a certain point, it just feels like we're trying too hard, you know, right? Techie, you know, so, so it may have been me saying that, but taking out of context, there's certainly no problem from a competition point of view mentioning the video. No, you were beyond that yeah. at that point, you were your own institution yeah. and you could yeah. kind of talk to or so, about so, whatever you wanted, okay. So if his definition of, of it makes the network sad because it makes us look old, yeah, that's true, you know, because we weren't <laughs> old. It just, it, well, we weren't old. We were just seems to, we, were, we could have just been comfortable what we were doing. And I liked it if he was, I liked when Dave would do the prayer of tweeting whatever, like it sounded like he was making fun of it, which is great. Like that's yes. what he does, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, trying to get a thing going with Fallon, pick up a phone call with my tweeting. It's just silly. Oh, okay. You just right there. You just opened up a cat. I so badly as a, as I still watch um, some of the current franchises because if ever there's a there's an opportunity to kind of get involved in in talking about late night. There's in so many ways uh, what's going on in television um and, and and in late night right now it's a fascinating time and so i try and keep up with the late night shows to see you know kind of what's happening and plus some of dave's writers now work for some of the other late night shows and whatnot so i always like i'll watch fallon's mon or uh, yeah fallon's monologue and i'll try and call which joke might be a, a grossman ellenberg joke i'll try and call those if i can so right. i do watch them there's a dream segment that me as a as a letterman fan wants uh, like seeing Paul, I don't know if you saw it a few months ago, just before the strike started, uh, Paul and the band were on the Tonight Show because um, uh, Questlove oh, yeah. and them had to, the Roots had to go to the Grammy right. or the uh, either the Grammys or the Emmys or something. Brilliant. So Paul and them were. I love that. I love that so much, and I know Fallon loves Letterman. Um, I want 
remember when Letterman called up Carson and said, hey, can we use Stump the Band? I would love right. to see if Fallon calls up Dave and says, hey, can we use elevator races? And then maybe him and Seth right. have a thing that crosses their franchise together where they right. do elevator races. Right. I would love if they did things like that. So that's just me coming up with. Yeah, no, that would be great. I, and I'm sure, I'm sure like, like they would probably go for it. I think Fallon would love something like that, you know, as a way. And you know, a great way to do it is to tie it into an anniversary because it was that building, you know, so they could say, you know, 30 years ago, like just do it one time and just say, you know, 30 years ago tonight, you know, uh, yeah. it was building big deal and then it was you know on national television for the first time ever you think what the beatles what happened yeah we had david letterman introduced the audience you know that's right and then and then, and then they could do it and then you know punchline could be dave could be in the elevator you know well, that's a little more of a scripted moment but that would be funny like were you there i guess i don't know if you would have been there I, right at this time when dave sent the standby audience over to conan's like when dave and conan used to have a thing um he, was that what, what, what was was this um uh was Dave at CBS at this Yeah, time? Dave was at CBS. I think it was like 95 maybe where where they had a standby audience and they sent the standby audience over to 30 Rock to watch Late Night with Conan O'Brien and, and they idea, simulcast yeah. between the two shows and so you had to go That's over great. and watch Late Night after yeah, uh, I wasn't show. there. That was a year before. That was, that was I started in '96. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But that's a great idea. I but I that. love that stuff. And then, and you know, because Fallon and Myers are a studio away from each other, they tape around the same time. Like that would be so cool. That was some of the stuff that Dave brought to it. You know, him making fun of the Today Show and and, and all that stuff. The the um the you know kids call it the the meta of things. And I and I think that that does exist. But I want to ask you because you have this wide wide eyed uh, lens. What's going on with late night television these days? Like, is it is it shrinking to the point where you read some of these articles and they're pretty grim? Um, you have an interesting perspective on that. And I really wanted to talk yeah, to you about I, that I, today. I, I do. And I wish, you know, it, it, it felt like to me when Dave left, um, late night moving forward yep. should retire that format. Anyone, including the Colbert show, like they should have done, figured out to do something. You know, by the way, this is easier said than done, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Said than done, but it just felt like the desk, that that whole conceit of uh, the physicality of it, the band, the couch, the desk, the one person, the monologue, up, 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 all that stuff. It just felt like, well, two other guys are doing it great. You know, the Colbert Report certainly wasn't a talk show. It was a parody no. of 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 of. of, of uh, Bill O'Reilly, yep. and if anyone could figure out a way to do it, it would have been them, them to do it. But I was even think, in their defense, that's what the network wanted. The network just wanted to keep on going. But the thing that I thought was a missed opportunity with CBS now, mm -hmm. with um, with, with the strikes going on now, but with, with Corden leaving, yep. that would have been the perfect opportunity. They could still do it, but I don't think they will. To break that hour up into two half hours and 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 really let your go wild and just say okay we're going to do two half hour shows right about you doing something different yep and they're going to be their own thing you know yep. we're going to figure out what it is one could be personality driven like a mark maron doing it was just you know look the bob costas we didn't reinvent the wheel but that got a lot of juice you know of just okay one guy sitting down talking to another guy you know yep. 
uh, or guy. I'm using that generically. No, no, no. Gen yeah, but like a long for like a Tom Schneider almost. If, like, if yeah. anything, these two shows was a perfect opportunity to to break it. It should be a guy. It should be diverse. It should, you know, um, you know, do something completely different. And um, so, so now, like the networks and everyone are getting a chance to see what life is like without them. And I think everyone's doing okay, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I'm sure the reruns get enough, make enough of, of, of money to justify whatever residuals that they have to pay out for that. Yeah. But uh, I, I tell you, when, when, when Kimmel hangs it up or, yeah. or Fallon hangs it up, it'll, it'll be a shame if they just replace it with the same thing, you know, because who's going to do it better than Kimmel? Who's going to do it better than Fallon? You know, just do something different. You could be different than Fallon. You know, and maybe Seth Meyers is the guy who could figure out what that would be. Yeah, I think honestly, if 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 uh, an evolution to any one of those shows, that probably especially for CBS, was if if like Colbert went to a half hour, yeah. right, yeah. of just just the the greatly scripted stuff that they that they did. In late night, because it's all scripted, you know, obviously the monologue scripted and a lot of sure. stuff. Which just maybe one guest that could be whatever they want, not tied into the network of it's got to be a big movie star, da 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 da. If if if, if somebody wants to talk to a, a PhD, you know, yeah. on a topic or whatever, whatever he wanted, whatever he wanted to do, yeah. Um, and take the pressure off, and then that half hour is followed by three other half hours, you know, of three different shows that follow it that would have the boost of 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 could you imagine a half hour of Fallon, uh Kimmel or Colbert ratings? Because the second half hour because just mathematically the numbers go down. You know, yes. so from eleven thirty to twelve, if you stopped at twelve, oh my God, that's a big number. And then yeah. it gets quarterly ratings, right? It gets pulled down. And then by music they're not even counting anymore. Could you imagine a, a show from eleven thirty to twelve that was then going into a new show, but with that big, yeah. you have a really good chance of holding that audience, better chance than, than what Fallon, Kimmel, or Colbert would even have of holding their own audience, because you got to shake it up. It's like, yeah. okay, great. Wow, the big star is out. It's not even midnight. Oh, wait, I got to watch this other show, this new show that they're doing, whatever that new show is. You know, they're doing at midnight, which is a game show. Like, I, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I think it's interesting that they're doing that, but I think they're going to do it for an hour, which is just a waste. Just, uh, you know, the world of YouTube is what? Like, um, the world of it's under is the ideal clip, right? For the yeah, under hour. under seven so minutes or something like that. Under like, seven yeah. minutes, you know? So the TV version of that should be keep it at 30. You know? Well, at 30, that's time? three seven-minute segments, basically. Right. So, and, and I get for TV, the TV version of it should be just keep it a half hour. That should be the, the seven-minute rule on TV should be a half hour show, at least in this format. So, so long winded way to answer your question is, is they just, it should be rebooted. You know, like look at, look at the, the TikTok videos. Like I could find myself watching an hour of TikTok without realizing it. Cause I just watched 61 minute brilliant pieces of, of things. And they're brilliant because it's the algorithm. Brilliant, by the way, brilliant to me, maybe not brilliant to you. That sure. illusionist, you know, that 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 person that's just doing really you know, like a lot of comedians are reinventing their stand-up into TikTok videos, which is great. They'll they'll just be sitting talking and they'll do a bit of theirs yep. that works as a minute with a beginning, middle, and an end. So yeah, I think it's gonna change.
Well, I, I and and uh, this is why I wanted to talk to you about this today, um, because your opinion, um, you know, nothing short of expert. You have a very interesting vantage. Point. You're way too kind. This is like oh, the no, Joe no, no, Franklin no, no, show. No, no. Our next I, guest knows everything about Leighton. <laughs> and there's that worldwide pants uh, self-deprecation that everybody mm -hmm. is. So I'll tell you, if there's one common trait uh, that everybody who worked for Letterman's Productions, it doesn't matter where, because I've had them all from the very beginning right to the very end. If there's one common trait that you all seem to have, I've said, I said, I think I even said it to Matt uh, on his episode. Um, one of you guys, it doesn't matter the most brilliant of you, you know, the Steve O'Donnell of, of, of you guys who's brilliant or even Merrill. Well, Merrill probably could do it. Could not host this show, this show here. That's one thing I do know about this show. You were asking about it earlier is right. it's got to be somebody who's a massive enthusiast and everybody who worked for the pants production, all you guys do is self-deprecate. And every single time I try right. and compliment, yeah. I don't even do intros with you listening, you guys listening anymore, because every time I try and edify you, I have to do it off <laughs> while you're off. Oh, camera that's because... funny. Well, whatever you said about me, take with a great assault because it's, it's not great. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I will say I, you're, you're spot on 100%, but I could in a very clear way without bragging, and they're not really my accomplishments, it's more of my parents and Dave's, but I, I'm proud of the association. I will happily recount all these things that were done yes. because they speak for themselves. It's yes. a, that old expression, it's not bragging if it's true, you know? So I could tell you 50, 100 things that happened while I was there uh, with the show and you know, it might even sound like I'm bragging. That's why it's almost like sometimes you have to downplay it because it sounds like, well, this sounds like ridiculous. Or like John McCain and the guys running for president, did that really happen? Are they exaggerating? It almost sounds like, yeah, but it all happened. It's all true. Well, absolutely. And the biggest of the big, like I'm going to have Joanna Jordan on here fairly soon. I'm very she excited. She is, Joanna is gold. She is yeah. great. We're so lucky to have her. Uh, please tell her I said hi. She's, she's amazing. She's great. Yeah. Could not agree more. We had a really nice phone conversation the other day. And, uh, but what you're saying here, like, again, it's not bragging because you were talking about the A-listers of the A-list world in every genre you could think of from, from, of course, acting and singing, of right. course, but then also to news, also to politics, also to like every, like presidents of the United States, uh, all of these people. So it isn't bragging. But the thing that I do love, um, you know, and, and it's 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 we all hail Dave as the greatest broadcaster in history. He is. Of course, he is. But the genius part about these productions, and I would say, especially once he got to CBS uh, with you involved, because you were the CBS guy that was in there. But you got the show when he was at NBC. They were the pinheads. They were the enemy. They were the. But then the show evolved and, and you got into sync with the network in many, many ways. You're yourself being a big part of it so going back dave the greatest broadcaster but this show is not hailing just dave not even close it's hailing the team that surrounded dave everybody right. from the director to the writers to the the segment producers the editors all of the people including the network guy look at this right. we are your heart out is less than 60 <laughs> seconds away Vinny favali i love you i appreciate the hell out oh, of you you're, the, you're so sweet thank you we're having uh, I, you really, on again. I love what I love what you're doing. I think this is really, really great, Mike. Um, and sorry, I couldn't give you more time, but I'm I'm happy to do it again. And again, yeah. I'm happy to do it alongside anyone that you're doing stuff with. You know, uh, we did that. We had uh, we had Jerry Mulligan and Jeff Martin on an episode. So two writers. And then we talked. That that's, was really good. We're going to do more of this. And I told Randy that 
I said, you know, we can have you on, you know, well, if, if Barbara would do it, she's also, you know, I like, I'll have you and Barbara on to talk about the montage. I'd love to have Randy and you on or, or something like that. Whatever, whatever you need. I'm happy to, oh. uh, to be there to you rock. Uh, we'll talk more off camera uh, right. about things. Uh, I think I'm coming out again in October. There's a thing happening for Rupert. I'll tell you about that. Okay, um, good. Just appreciate He's the good. hell out of you. Vinny Favali, everybody. That's another Thank episode you. of the Letterman Podcast with Mike Chisholm. Coincidentally, I am Mike Chisholm. Thank you <laughs> and good night. Overcoat and underpants. <laughs>